Welcome to Music for Life, enhancing the Armstrong concert experience. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. In today's episode, we will explore the lesser-discussed Belgian composers of music history. We will start off by talking about this region's most famous one, César Franck, and a piece he wrote for another Belgian composer, the one whom we'll discuss more in depth, Eugène Isaïe. Isaïe wrote a set of six solo violin sonatas, one of which will be featured on an upcoming concert at Armstrong Auditorium when we have violinist Ray Chen grace our stage on Tuesday, November 28th. And as a bonus, we will also talk about the beloved violinist and composer of the 20th century, Fritz Kreisler, to whom Isaïe dedicated this particular sonata. So if you've never heard of any Belgian composers before, stick around as we show how Brussels sprouts composers today on Music for Life. Music for Life is aiming this season to enhance the Armstrong concert experience. As our show's tagline states, we are exploring the music to be performed on the various concerts at Armstrong Auditorium. As I stated earlier this season, going to a concert can seem like going to a lecture that someone is giving in a foreign language. There are certain things you might be able to enjoy by a lecture of this sort, but obviously you'd get so much more out of it if you knew what the speaker was saying. For that, you'd need a translation, and I hope you'll consider Music for Life your translation for all the music to be performed at Armstrong. But even if you can't make these events, or if you can't stream them for the ones available that way, I think the principles I'm giving in this season's programs will equip you with many tools you'll need to make sense of what you're hearing when you sit in any auditorium seat or watch or listen to any musical performance. Now, on Tuesday, November 28th, we will feature Ray Chen, a young, charismatic, and supremely talented violinist who is really helping to make classical music a lot more accessible to one and all. As I've mentioned before, in 2012, he was the youngest soloist ever to perform in the televised Nobel Prize concert, and he's still quite young and is understandably active on social media. He has over 2 million followers on SoundCloud and an array of self-made quirky musical comedy videos on YouTube. His program at Armstrong will be a dazzling display of fiddle fireworks, a program that we've dubbed Journey Across Europe, as it features repertoire from Spain, France, Germany, Hungary, and Belgium. More specifically, he will open his program with Beethoven's first violin sonata. We discussed this piece at length on our previous episode. We talked about how Beethoven follows many predictable conventions in constructing this work and how if you know how to follow that piece, you have a lot of the basics down as far as how to follow the majority of fine art music. And remember that all our episodes are archived at kpcg.fm as well as on iTunes and SoundCloud if you want to go back and listen to any of these episodes. After the Beethoven, Ray Chen will play the first violin sonata by Camille Saint-Saëns, which I hope to explore in our next episode. On the second half, he will perform the popular Spanish suite by Manuel de Falla, the ever-popular Hungarian folk arrangement by Vittoria Monti called Chardash, and he will start the second half with the fourth solo sonata by the Belgian composer Eugène Isaïe. Eugène who, you might ask? A Belgian composer? Well, stick around. Once we get into the actual discussion of the sonata Ray Chen will be playing, I think you'll discover some extraordinary things about music in general that come from learning how to listen to this piece. In the 19th century, many prominent composers started coming out of the area now known as Belgium, including Henri Vuitton, Jean-Baptiste Accolet, young violinists will know Accolet for writing that commonly played student concerto, and Eugène Isaïe, the composer we will discuss at length today. The most famous composer from this region would be César Franck, an accomplished organist and pianist trained in Paris who lived from 1822 to 1890, but he was born in Liège in what is now Belgium. César Franck's most recognizable composition is Panis Angelicus, or Bread of Angels, which he wrote for tenor, harp, cello, and organ. Here's a little bit of that in a 1981 recording by soprano Renata Scotto. (laughs) 
So that was a little of Panis Angelicus, or Bread of Angels, by César Franck, a composer from the region now referred to as Belgium. Franck is probably the most famous composer from that area, and Panis Angelicus is probably his most recognizable composition by musicians and non-musicians alike. Another famous work of Franck's, though, is his violin sonata in A major, and I want to play a little of that, particularly because he dedicated this piece to the composer of the piece we're exploring later today. Frank wrote this for Eugène Isaïe as a wedding gift. This shows that not only was Isaïe a great composer, as we'll see with his own violin sonata later, but also a great violinist. Apparently, after a quick rehearsal, Isaïe and another wedding guest, a pianist who was present, were able to premiere this work at the wedding for the other guests. That's quite the skill. We're listening to the fourth and final movement here in a recording by violinist Kaya Donchowska and pianist Christian Zimmermann. Thank you. 
What a Wedding Gift. That was the fourth and final movement of the violin sonata by César Franck, the most famous composer to hail from the area now known as Belgium. He wrote that as a gift for a violinist and composer whom we will discuss more at length here today, Eugène Isai. It was a wedding gift for Isai, which he was able to quickly rehearse and then perform at the wedding. So Isai was obviously an accomplished violinist, but also an accomplished composer. He wrote a set of six solo violin sonatas himself, the fourth of which will be featured at Armstrong Auditorium on Tuesday, November 28th, when we present violinist Ray Chen in recital. Let's talk more about Isaïe, this otherwise obscure Belgian composer. He was born in 1858 and started violin lessons with his father at age five. However, he did not live the life of a child prodigy. He entered into a conservatory at the age of seven, but was soon kicked out due to his poor performance. By age 12, though, he became relatively accomplished at the violin. He would go on to study with famous violinists of the day, most notably the Polish violinist Henryk Wieniewski and the Belgian violinist and composer Henri Vuitton, with whom he would form a close relationship. After graduating from the conservatory at Liège, Isai became the principal violinist of the orchestra that would later become the Berlin Philharmonic. Several famous musicians of the late 19th century started to take an interest in Isai, musicians like Josef Joachim, Clara Schumann, and Franz Liszt. We already heard some of that piece that César Franck wrote for Isai, but other great composers like Claude Debussy, Ernest Chanson and Camille Saint-Saëns wrote works for Isaïe to play. The legendary cellist Pablo Casals claimed he had never heard a violinist before Isaïe play in tune, <laughs> and violinist Nathan Milstein referred to Isaïe as the czar of violinists. Facing some health problems in middle age, Isai started to turn to conducting, teaching, and composing. He composed multiple pieces, works for violin, cello, and even an opera that premiered shortly before his death in 1931. Some of his most famous pieces include the set of six violin sonatas composed in 1924 and forming the Opus 27 set. As you might recall from earlier episodes, Opus 27 would mean that this was the 27th set of works he had published, and this set, in this case, includes these sonatas for unaccompanied violin. Opus 27 number 1 is the first solo violin sonata, Opus 27 number 2 is the second, and so on. At Ray Chen's Armstrong Auditorium performance on November 28th, we're going to hear the fourth solo violin sonata to open the program's second half, what was published as Opus 27 number 4. Each of these violin sonatas was dedicated to a different colleague of Isai, another virtuoso violinist whom he respected and admired. The fourth violin sonata is dedicated to Fritz Kreisler. And before we talk about Isai's fourth violin sonata, I want to talk briefly about Kreisler. Fritz Kreisler was born in Vienna on February 2, 1875, so Isai was nearly 30 years his elder. Chrysler started playing violin at an early age, and at the age of seven, he was admitted to the Vienna Conservatory as its youngest student ever. Now, his mother actually lied about his age, which is why that happened. He studied violin and composition until he was 12. A year later, he toured the United States for a year, and after his return to Europe, he completed his high school education and then headed off to medical school. After serving two years in the Austrian army, Chrysler returned to the violin and began an international career. He worked with composer Sergei Rachmaninoff, and he premiered Sir Edward Elgar's epic violin concerto. He performed about 250 concerts on average every year until war broke out in Europe. When World War I started, Chrysler again enlisted in the Austrian army and was sent to the Russian front for four weeks until he was discharged due to a wound. He then went to the United States and performed there until the U.S. entered the war. He would not perform again until the war ended. He moved to Germany in 1924, starting a career of both performing and composing. When the Nazi party took control of Germany, Chrysler stayed in France for a short time until he became a naturalized citizen of the U.S. He gave his last concert at Carnegie Hall in 1947 and died in 1962 at the age of 86. I wanted to play you a recording of him playing, but I also wanted to play you a recording of one of his compositions— 
And we can get those two birds with this one stone here. I have a recording of Fritz Kreisler himself playing his most famous composition, Liebeselite. This was recorded in 1942 in the Academy of Music Philadelphia. You are listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. In today's episode, we are exploring Belgian composers like César Franck and Eugène Isai, as well as Isai's fourth solo violin sonata. What we just heard was a bit of a lovely diversion, Liebeslight, by Fritz Kreisler, with the composer as violin soloist in that 1942 recording. Isai dedicated his fourth violin sonata to Fritz Kreisler. So I thought it fitting to discuss Chrysler 
and play for you his most famous work. So let's get into our exploration of Isai's fourth violin sonata. Again, Isai wrote a set of six sonatas for unaccompanied violin. Last time when we talked about the violin sonata, we talked about how they settled into a particular format around the late 18th century, around the time of Beethoven, that format being three movements, fast, slow, fast. And usually the violin was paired with the piano. What Isai did with his unaccompanied violin sonatas was paid homage to a time prior to that, the Baroque era, the time of Bach, when the sonata was more a multi-movement work where each movement was structured after a particular dance or court dance of that time. So when you see Isaiah's Sonata Number no. 4 on the program, you'll see three movements indented underneath. The first movement is titled Allemande, which was a common first movement for many Baroque suites and sonatas. Allemande is the French word for German and indicates a German dance. Each movement also has a tempo marking after the title, which is what we would expect for movement names on a program. The tempo for this is lento maestoso, or majestically slow. So it's marked alamand, lento maestoso. The second movement of Isaiah's Sonata is marked saraband, quasi lento. The saraband was a slow, lyrical, triple-meter dance of the Baroque era, and Isaiah uses a slow, three-beat-per-bar rhythmic construct for this movement. The tempo marking quasi-lento means in a slow manner. The third movement is marked finale presto ma non troppo, so the tempo is marked as rapid but not too much. You'll hear when we get to this some fast, perpetual-motion-type writing that is indicative of a Baroque finale. So all three movements are noted to pay some sort of homage to the Bach violin sonatas or partitas of the early 18th century. Let's talk more in depth now, though, about each movement. And I think you'll discover something really cool about this piece as we do this and about fine art music on the whole. What we find is this idea that much fine art music is based on very little musical material that's just revamped and explored and varied and and developed in so many different ways. The first movement of Isaiah's fourth violin sonata contains two prominent what we call motives, two small musical ideas that form the framework for the entire first movement. The piece begins with these four notes. After this are some rapid arpeggios, and then these four notes repeat again. The same four-note motive is repeated throughout the opening section of the first movement. Then a slower, more stately second section begins, and it's based on this motive, an ascending four-note motive. And right away you hear it repeated over and over. Once these two motives are presented, the one from the opening section and the one from this current section, you will hear him alternate between the two as the movement unfolds. Then there is one final section, a fugue section, which is a complicated round, if you will, as we discuss at length on this program a lot. The fugue subject, or tune, sounds like this, and you'll notice it's based on the ascending four-note motive in that previous section. As the fugue wraps up and the movement nears its end, you will hear the second ascending motive in its original form. And thus concludes the first movement of this three-movement sonata. Let's hear the first movement of Eugenie Zai's solo violin sonata in E minor, opus 27, number 4. We are listening to a recording by Ilya Kaller. Thank you. 
That was the first movement of Eugenie Zai's solo violin sonata opus 27, number 4 in E minor. We are listening to a recording by Ilya Kaller, and we will hear it performed by violinist Ray Chen on the Armstrong Auditorium stage on Tuesday, November 28th. That first movement was comprised of three sections, the first two each based on two small musical motives, and the final section being a fugue, a common device used in the Baroque era, the era Isai was clearly paying homage to in this sonata. This sounds a lot like a Bach violin partita or sonata. It reminds me a lot of the Bach Chacon, the famous Chacon that we listened to on previous programs of Music for Life. The second movement of this sonata, as I mentioned earlier, is marked Sarabande, a slow triple-meter dance popular in the courts of 17th and 18th century Europe. Just like the first movement was based on a couple of small musical ideas, the second movement is no different. In fact, this movement is based on one motive only, a four-note descending phrase that occurs constantly throughout. Because it happens over and over in different ways, I might even suggest it's almost like a theme and variations treatment, which we've heard in other pieces on other episodes of Music for Life. To demonstrate this, I want to play the four-note motive on the piano as the recording is going along. You'll hear this motive stated in the first section, which is all plucked by the solo violin, what string players call pizzicato. Then you'll hear it in the next section, which is not plucked but bowed. Then you'll hear it in the final section, where the four-note descending melody is somewhat obscured by all these rapid passages played around those central pitches. But let's hear that here, and I'll demonstrate again on top of it with this piano sound.
So that was the second movement of Isaiah's Violin Sonata No. 4 in E minor based on a simple four-note descending musical idea or motive. I played the recording while the piano played over top of it so you could hear how everything in that movement is based on those four notes. Now let's hear that recording as intended without me playing on top of it. You are listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone, and this is KPCG. In today's episode, we have explored Belgian composers like César Franck and Eugène Isaïe, as well as Isaïe's fourth solo violin sonata. We also briefly discussed violinist and composer Fritz Kreisler, to whom Isaïe dedicated this fourth violin sonata. This piece will open the second half of violinist Ray Chen's recital at Armstrong Auditorium on Tuesday, November 28th. More information about this event can be found at armstrongauditorium.org. We just heard the second movement of that sonata, out of three total, in a recording by Ilya Kaller. Finally, let's discuss the third movement, the last movement of this violin sonata, and here's what to listen for in this movement. This movement is in three sections, in a typical use of ternary form, where the first and third sections are similar and the middle section is contrasting. The first section includes continuous sixteenth notes, a rapid succession of 
pitches. The meter of this presto finale is five beats per bar, which is a little unusual. It gives it less of a predictable beat stress pattern and puts more emphasis on the running group of fast notes. After this perpetual motion A section, we get to a more stately middle section that is based on the same four-note motive of the first movement. In the first movement, remember, it was ascending. Here, Isai uses this four-note pattern in both ascending and descending fashion. Listen to a little bit of this section here, and you'll probably also recognize that descending four-note motive from the second movement. So let's hear that in this B section of this movement. After this contrasting B section, we go back to the original succession of rapid-fire 16th notes. Finally, Isai does what a lot of composers do. He adds a final section after the return of the A section called a coda, where the material helps add finality and conclusiveness to this. What he also does to accomplish this is what many composers will do who write an entire multi-movement work in a minor key. He puts the coda in the corresponding major key. So even though this entire sonata has been in E minor... He puts the coda and final notes in E major. Here's a little of the E minor opening of this movement. And here's a little of the E major coda of this movement. So to close today's program, let's hear the third and final movement. Before we close, I want to thank my son, Seth Malone, for helping me research and write this episode. Again, more information about Ray Chen's recital at Armstrong Auditorium can be found at armstrongauditorium.org. You can like Armstrong Auditorium on Facebook or follow it on Twitter at Armstrong Odd. You can also like Music for Life on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Music for Life PCG. And we always include information about these upcoming concerts in our show notes if you partake of this episode on iTunes or SoundCloud or just go to those pages and you'll find those show notes. As promised, here is the final movement of Eugenie Zai's Solo Violin Sonata Opus 27 number 4 in E minor and I hope to see you soon at Armstrong.
You have been listening to Music for Life, a production of KPCG 101.3 on the FM dial in Edmond, Oklahoma. From the Herbert W. Armstrong College campus, I'm Ryan Malone. Thanks for joining me.